Chapter 6 of How It Flies, or Conquest of the Air. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. How It Flies, or Conquest of the Air, by Richard Ferris. Chapter 6. Flying Machines. The Monoplane. In all the ardent striving of the aviators to beat each other's records, a surprisingly small amount of personal rivalry has been developed. Doubtless this is partly because their efforts to perform definite feats have been absorbing, but it must also be that these men, who know that they face a possible fall in every flight they make, realize that their competitors are as brave as themselves in the face of the same danger, and that they are actually accomplishing marvelous wonders, even if they do no more than just escape disastrous failure. Certain it is that each, realizing the tremendous difficulties all must overcome, respects the other's ability and attainments. Consequently, we do not find among them two distinctly divergent schools of adherents, one composed of the biplanists, the other of the monoplanists. Nor are the two types of machines separated in this book for any other purpose than to secure a clearer understanding of what is being achieved by all types in the progress toward the one common goal, the flight of man. The distinctive feature of the monoplane is that it has but one main plane, or spread of surface, as contrasted with the two planes, one above the other, of the biplane. Besides the main plane, it has a secondary plane in the rear, called the tail. The office of this tail is primarily to secure longitudinal, or fore and aft, balance. But the secondary plane has been so constructed that it is movable on a horizontal axis, and is used to steer the machine upward or downward. While most of the biplanes now have a horizontal tailplane, they were not at first so provided, but carried the secondary plane, or planes, in front of the main planes. Even in the latest type brought out by the conservative Wright brothers, the former large-surfaced elevator in front has been removed, and a much smaller tailplane has been added in the rear, performing the same function of steering the machine up or down, but also providing the fore and aft stabilizing feature formerly peculiar to the monoplane. Another feature heretofore distinctively belonging to the monoplane has been adopted by some of the newer biplanes, that of the traction propeller, pulling the machine behind it through the air, instead of pushing it along by a thrusting propeller placed behind the main planes. The continual multiplication of new forms of the monoplane makes it possible to notice only those which exhibit the wider differences. The Blériot Monoplane the Blériot monoplane has the distinction of being the first wholly successful flying machine. Although the Wright machine was making flights years before the Blériot had been built, it was still dependent upon a starting device to enable it to leave the ground. That is, the Wright machine was not complete in itself, and was entirely helpless at even a short distance from its starting tower, rail, and car, which it was unable to carry along. Because of its completeness, M. Blériot was able to drive his machine from Toury to Artenay, France, a distance of eight and three-quarters miles, on October 31, 1908, make a landing, start on the return trip, make a second landing, and again continue his journey back to Toury, all under his own unassisted power. This feat was impossible to the Wright machine as it was then constructed, thus leaving the Blériot monoplane in undisputed preeminence in the history of aviation. At a little distance, where the details of construction are not visible, the Blériot machine has the appearance of a gigantic bird. 
The sustaining surface, consisting of a single plane, is divided into two wings made of a stiff, parchment-like material, mounted one on each side of a framework of the body, which is built of mahogany and white wood, trussed with diagonal ties of steel wire. The main plane has a lateral spread of 28 feet, and a depth of 6 feet, and is rounded at the ends. It has an area of about 150 square feet, and is slightly concave on the underside. The tailplane is 6 feet long and 2 feet 8 inches in depth, and its ends are the elevators, consisted of pivoted wingtips each about 2 feet 6 inches square with rounded extremities. The rudder for steering to left or right is mounted at the extreme rear end of the body, and has an area of 9 square feet. The body is framed nearly square in front, and tapers to a wedge-like edge at the rear. It extends far enough in front of the main plane to give room for the motor and propeller. The seat for the pilot is on a line with the rear edge of the main plane and above it. The forward part of the body is enclosed with fabric. The machine is mounted on three wheels attached to the body. Two at the front, with a powerful spring suspension and pivoted like a caster, and the other rigidly at a point just forward of the rudders. The lateral balance is restored by warping the tips of the main plane. If necessary, the elevator tips at the rear may be operated to assist in this. All the controls are actuated by a single lever and a drum to which the several wires are attached. The motors used on the Blériot machines have varied in type and power. In the number 11, with which M. Blériot crossed the English Channel, the motor was a three-cylinder Anzani engine, developing 24 horsepower at 1,200 revolutions per minute. The propeller was of wood, two-bladed, and six feet nine inches in diameter. It was mounted directly on the shaft and revolved at the same speed, giving the machine a velocity of 37 miles per hour. This model has also been fitted with a 30-horsepower REP Ré-Agnol-Pelterri motor having seven cylinders. The heavier type, number 12, has been fitted with the 50-horsepower Antoinette eight-cylinder engine, or the seven-cylinder rotating Gnome engine, also of 50-horsepower. The total weight of the number 11 monoplane is 462 pounds without the pilot. The Antoinette monoplane. The Antoinette is the largest and heaviest of the monoplanes. It was designed by M. Levavasseur and has proved to be one of the most remarkable of the aeroplanes by its performances under adverse conditions, notably the flight of Hubert Latham in a gale of 40 miles per hour at Blackpool in October 1909. The Antoinette has a spread of 46 feet, the surface being disposed in two wings set at a dihedral angle. That is, the outer ends of the wings incline upward from their level at the body, so that at the front they present the appearance of a very wide open V. These wings are trapezoidal in form, with the wider base attached to the body, where they are 10 feet in depth, fore and aft. They are 7 feet in depth at the tips, and have a total combined area of 377 square feet. The great depth of the wings requires that they be made proportionally thick to be strong enough to hold their form. Two trussed spars are used in each wing, with a short mast on each, halfway to the tip, reaching below the wing as well as above it. To these are fastened guy wires, making each wing an independent truss. A mast on the body gives attachment for guys which bind the whole into a light and rigid construction. The framework of the wings is covered on both sides with varnished fabric. The body is of triangular section. It is a long girder. At the front, in the form of a pyramid, 
expanding to a prism at the wings, and tapering toward the tail. It is completely covered with the fabric, which is given several coats of varnish to secure the minimum of skin friction. The tail is 13 feet long and 9 feet wide, in the form of a diamond-shaped kite. The rear part of it is hinged to be operated as the elevator. There is a vertical stabilizing fin set at right angles to the rigid part of the tail. The rudder for steering to right or left is in two triangular sections, one above and the other below the tail plane. The entire length of the machine is 40 feet, and its weight is 1,045 pounds. It is fitted with a motor of the V-type, having eight cylinders, and turning a two-bladed steel propeller 1,100 revolutions per minute, developing from 50 to 55 horsepower. The control of the lateral balance is by ailerons attached to the rear edges of the wings at their outer ends. These are hinged and may be raised as well as lowered as occasion demands, working in opposite directions, and thus doubling the effect of similar ailerons on the Farman machine, which can only be pulled downward. The machine is mounted on two wheels under the center of the main plane, with a flexible wood skid projecting forward. Another skid is set under the tail. It is claimed for the Antoinette machine that its inherent stability makes it one of the easiest of all for the beginner in aviation. With as few as five lessons, many pupils have become qualified pilots, even winning prizes against competitors of much wider experience. The Santos Dumont monoplane. This little machine may be called the runabout of the aeroplanes. It has a spread of only 18 feet, and is but 20 feet in total length. Its weight is about 245 pounds. The main plane is divided into two wings, which are set at the body at a dihedral angle, but curve downward toward the tips, forming an arch. The depth of the wings at the tips is 6 feet. For a space on each side of the center, they are cut away to 5 feet in depth, to allow the propeller to be set within their forward edge. The total area of the main plane is 110 square feet. The tail plane is composed of a vertical surface and a horizontal surface intersecting. It is arranged so that it may be tilted up or down to serve as an elevator, or from side to side as a rudder. Its horizontal surface has an area of about 12 square feet. The engine is placed above the main plane and the pilot's seat below it. The body is triangular in section, with the apex uppermost, composed of three strong bamboo poles with cross pieces held in place by aluminum sockets, and cross-braced with piano wire. The motor is of the opposed type, made by Darach, weighing only 66 pounds, and developing 30 horsepower at 1,500 revolutions per minute. The propeller is of wood, two-bladed, and being mounted directly on the shaft of the motor, revolves at the same velocity. The speed of the Santos-Dumont machine is 37 miles per hour. The lateral balance is preserved by a lever which extends upward and enters a long pocket sewed on the back of the pilot's coat. His leaning from side to side warps the rear edges of the wings at their tips. The elevator is moved by a lever and the rudder by turning a wheel. While this machine has not made any extended flights, Santos Dumont has traveled in the aggregate upward of 2,000 miles in one or another of this type. The plans, with full permission to anyone to build from them, he gave to the public as his contribution to the advancement of aviation. Several manufacturers are supplying them at a cost much below that of an automobile. The REP Monoplane The Robert Esnault Pelterie, abbreviated by its inventor to REP Monoplane, viewed from above, 
bears a striking resemblance to a bird with a fan-shaped tail. It is much shorter in proportion to its spread than any other monoplane, and the body being entirely covered with fabric, it has quite a distinct appearance. The plane is divided into two wings, in form very much like the wings of the Antoinette machine. Their spread, however, is but 35 feet. Their depth at the body is 8 feet 6 inches, and at the tips 5 feet. Their total combined area is 226 square feet. The body of the REP machine has much the appearance of a boat, being wide at the top and coming to a sharp keel below. The boat-like prow in front adds to this resemblance. As the body is encased in fabric, these surfaces aid in maintaining vertical stability. A large stabilizing fin extends from the pilot's seat to the tail. The tail is comparatively large, having an area of 64 square feet. Its rear edge may be raised or lowered to serve as an elevator. The rudder for steering to right or left is set below in the line of the body, as in a boat. It is peculiar in that it is of the compensated type, that is, pivoted near the middle of its length, instead of at the forward end. The control of the lateral balance is through warping the wings. This is by means of a lever at the left hand of the pilot, with a motion from side to side. The same lever moved forward or backward controls the elevator. The steering lever is in front of the pilot's seat, and moves to right or to left. The motor is an invention of M. Esnault-Pelletier, and may be of 5, 7, or 10 cylinders according to the power desired. The cylinders are arranged in two ranks, one in the rear of the other, radiating outward from the shaft like spokes in a wheel. The propeller is of steel, four-bladed, and revolves at 1,400 revolutions per minute, developing 35 horsepower, and drawing the machine through the air at a speed of 47 miles per hour. The Hanreau Monoplane Among the more familiar machines which have been contesting for records at the various European meets during the season of 1910, the Hanreau Monoplane earns notice for itself and its two pilots, one of them the 15-year-old son of the inventor. At Budapest, the Hanreau machine carried off the honors of the occasion with a total of 106 points for best performances, as against 84 points for the Antoinette and 77 points for the Farmer biplane. A description of its unusual features will be of interest by way of comparison. In general appearance, it is a cross between the Blériot and the Antoinette, the wings being shaped more like the latter, but rounded at the rear of the tips, like the Blériot. Its chief peculiarity is in the body of the machine, which is in form very similar to a racing shell, of course with alterations to suit the requirements of the aeroplane. Its forward part is of thin mahogany, fastened upon ash ribs, with a steel plate covering the prow. The rear part of the machine is covered simply with fabric. The spread of the plane is 24 feet 7 inches, and it has an area of 170 square feet. The length of the machine, fore and aft, is 23 feet. Its weight is 463 pounds. It is mounted on a chassis having both wheels and skids, somewhat like that of the Farman running gear, but with two wheels instead of four. The Henriot machine is sturdily built all the way through, and has endured without damage some serious falls and collisions which would have wrecked another machine. It is fitted either with a Darach or a Clerget motor, and speeds at about 44 miles per hour. The Fitzner Monoplane The Fitzner Monoplane has the distinction of being the first American machine of the single-plane type. It was designed and flown by the late Lieutenant A. L. Fitzner, 
and though meeting with many mishaps, has proved itself worthy of notice by its performances, through making use of an entirely new device for lateral stability. This is the sliding wing tip, by which the wing that tends to fall from its proper level may be lengthened by 15 inches, the other wing being shortened as much at the same time. There is no longitudinal structure, as in the other monoplanes, the construction being transverse and built upon four masts set in the form of a square, six feet apart about the center. These are braced by diagonal struts and tied with wires on the edges of the squares. They also support the guys reaching out to the tips of the wings. The plane proper is 31 feet in spread, to which the wing tips add 2.5 feet, and is 6 feet deep, giving a total area of 200 square feet. A light framework extending 10 feet in the rear carries a tailplane 6 feet in spread and 2 feet in depth. Both the elevator and the rudder planes are carried on a similar framework, 14 feet in front of the main plane. The wings of the main plane incline upward from the center toward the tips, and are trussed by vertical struts and diagonal ties. The motor is placed in the rear of the plane, instead of in front, as in all other monoplanes. It is a four-cylinder Curtis motor, turning a six-foot propeller at 1,200 revolutions per minute, and developing 25 horsepower. The Fitzner machine has proved very speedy, and has made some remarkably sharp turns on an even keel. Other Monoplanes Several machines of the monoplane type have been produced, having some feature distinct from existing forms. While all of these have flown successfully, few of them have made any effort to be classed among the contestants for honors at the various meets. One of these, the Fairchild monoplane, shows resemblances to the REP, the Antoinette, and the Blériot machines, but differs from them all in having two propellers instead of one, and these revolve in the same direction, instead of in contrary directions, as do those of all other aeroplanes so equipped. The inventor claims that there is little perceptible gyroscopic effect with a single propeller, and even less with two. The propeller shafts are on the level of the plane, but the motor is set about five feet below, connections being made by a chain drive. The Burlingame monoplane has several peculiarities. Its main plane is divided into two wings, each ten feet in spread and five feet in depth, and set eighteen inches apart at the body. They are perfectly rigid. The tail is in two sections, each four feet by five feet, and set with a gap of six feet between the sections in which the rudder is placed. Thus the spread of the tail from tip to tip is sixteen feet, as compared with the twenty-one and a half foot spread of the main plane. The sections of the tail are operated independently, and are made to serve as ailerons to control the lateral balance, and also as the elevator. The Cromley monoplane, another American machine, is modeled after the Santos Dumont Demoiselle. It has a main plane divided into two wings, each 9 feet by 6 feet 6 inches, with a gap of 2 feet between at the body, the total area being 117 square feet. At the rear of the outer ends are hinged ailerons, like those of the Farmont biplane, to control the lateral balance. The tail is 12 feet in the rear, and is of the box type, with two horizontal surfaces and two vertical surfaces. This is mounted with a universal joint, so that it can be moved in any desired direction. The complete structure, without the motor, weighs but 60 pounds. The Chauvier monoplane is distinct in having a rigid spar for the front of the plane, but no ribs. The surface is allowed to spread out as a sail and take form from the wind passing beneath. The rear edges may be pulled down at will to control the lateral balance. 
It is driven by twin screws set far back on the body, nearly to the tail. The smallest and lightest monoplane in practical use is that of M. Raoul Vendôme. It is but 16 feet in spread, and is 16 feet fore and aft. It is equipped with a 12-horsepower motor, and flies at a speed of nearly 60 miles per hour. Without the pilot, its entire weight is but 180 pounds. The wings are pivoted so that their whole structure may be tilted to secure lateral balance. The new Moisant monoplane is built wholly of metal. The structure throughout is of steel, and the surfaces of sheet aluminum in a succession of small arches from the center to the tips. No authentic reports of its performances are available. In the Tatine monoplane, also called the Bayard Clement, the main plane is oval in outline, and the tail a smaller oval. The surfaces are curved upwards, toward the tips for nearly half their length in both the main plane and the tail. The propeller is 8.5 feet in diameter, and is turned by a Clerget motor, which can be made to develop 60 horsepower for starting the machine into the air, and then cut down to 30 horsepower to maintain the flight. End of chapter 6